your Bible with you. I trust you have. Turn to the scriptures, please, to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Beginning to read at verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. He shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. He shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and strike it upon the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the puritans thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And you shall keep... Keep it a feast unto the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. This old story has such a relevance to you and I this evening. Notice what the Lord says here in verse 2. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Notice it's this month that the lamb would be slain. And this month when the blood would be shed. It says it would be the first month of the year. Everything would be new. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Then when we go to verse 14 at the end of our reading. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Notice, a new month, it's a new year. And then, of course, we have 
this day shall be a memorial. In other words, we're to remember that day. Remember that time. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. It's the day of redemption. The day of salvation. The day of deliverance of Israel from bondage in Egypt. It was a day of bloodshedding. It was a day when they would find mercy. It's a day when they would receive grace. And it's a day in the midst of judgment. Notice what the Lord says in verse 12. And I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. Notice, I will pass through. Judgment is coming. The final warning, the final judgment warning is coming. And and now it will be too late. I will pass through Egypt in judgment this night, it is. And I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. He proclaims himself, he says, I am the Lord. God is not only glorified in salvation, but God's glory is also seen in his judgment. For he is God, and there is none else. So he's passing through in verse 12, and in verse 13 it says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And, notice, when I see the blood. When I see the blood. God doesn't say, when I see you're an Israelite. God isn't saying, when I see you've been through such a hard time. He doesn't say, when I see that you've been a great person. He doesn't even say, when I see that you've thought of me often. But he says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. He says, I'll pass over you and this shall be a new season for you. It'll be a new life for you. A new beginning for you. It's a month that shall be the beginning of months. And of course, he says, this is to be remembered as a memorial in verse 14. A new day, a new start, a new beginning, a new life, new blessings, a new experience of something heard of, but not yet known. A new experience of something they had heard of, but they had not yet known, they had not yet received, they had not yet experienced. God says, if you take me at my word, my bare word, and take simply the blood of the lamb and put it upon the doorposts and the door lintels of your house, when judgment comes, in the midst of judgment, you will find mercy and you'll find there's grace there. He says, and I'll pass over you. You will escape the judgment. This prefixes and foreshadows Pointing to the cross of Christ. To the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Points forward to the Lord Jesus that when you or I who will stand before God, every one of us will. When it's your turn or my turn, God will not be looking to see whether you came to the independent Methodist every meeting or not. You'll not be looking to see if you're a Baptist or a Presbyterian or a Pentecostal or or in the Brethren or a Free Presbyterian or whatever you are. He's looking for the blood. 
God will accept nothing else but the blood. And he's looking for the blood by faith applied to the souls of men and women who have received Christ as their Lord and Savior. He's not looking for your works and your alms and your deeds. He's not even looking for your tithe or your offerings or what you pay or what you've done or what you could give. He's looking simply whether you trusted fully in the blood, only in the blood, completely in the blood, solely in the blood, uniquely in the blood of the Lamb, the blood of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says on that day of the great judgment, the great white throne judgment in Revelation 20, where the unbelievers will stand, he says, if there's no blood, if there's no blood and your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be cast into the lake of fire. This day, he said, this day shall be unto you for a memorial This day would be the end of a taskmaster's rule. Old Pharaoh's rule. He represents the devil and the world out there and the things of the world. How the world grips us and grabs us and holds us back. And how sin always takes us further than we ever meant to go. And lives are destroyed and young people and old people alike find themselves in wreck and ruin Suicide is rife in our land and in our nation. And because the lies of the devil, the old taskmaster, Pharaoh of Egypt, has us. The Lord says, I'll deliver you. The Lord says, I will save you. The Lord says, I will release you. And I will give you new life. I will give you eternal life. I will give you abundant life. This would be a new day, it would be a new month, a new year, and a new start. The end of the taskmaster's rule. A new hope would be given unto them. Almighty God himself, Yahweh or Jehovah, would be their portion, their provision, their protection. He would be their preserver and even their physician. They could say from this day to all of their enemies, and they could say from this day, This day of deliverance, this new day, to all of their adversaries, they could say, I, we, you could say it if you're in Christ, under new management. Under new management, no longer under the taskmaster's rod. This day, we're told, shall be unto you for a memorial. The word memorial is a word zikron. It gives the idea even of a, a memento, something to remind us. You go on a holiday and you bring a little memento home of somewhere you'd been or somewhere you'd visited, something that had happened and you take it and usually it's those magnets you stick on your fridge, a picture of the place or something like that, and it brings your mind back, it casts your mind there. Do you remember that time? Do you remember that place? But Let's be honest, how many times do we pass that fridge with that magnet on it that's meant to remind us of the wonderful time we had or something remarkable that had happened there? And it's just like it's not there at all. God says, I want you to put a memorial up, a memorial that you'll never forget. And so this memento was to be more, it was to be a, a record to be kept, 
So Israel decided to have a feast every year called the Passover. The Passover. God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So the Passover feast was to be had. And it was to recall, bring their memories back as they would recall God's great power and his deliverance through the act of faith that they showed in God's word by applying the blood to their lives. The blood of the lamb to their homes. The shed blood of the lamb. And when we go into the New Testament, the 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, Paul tells us of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. He says, Christ, our Passover is sacrifice for us. So we have a memorial, friend. We have a memorial, and it's not just once a year at a time of Passover. It's a memorial that lives in our hearts every day. Memorial every time we open the scriptures and read. It's a memorial every time we open the hymn book to sing. It's a memorial every time we're on our knees to pray. It's a memorial every time we gather together to speak of him. And it's centralized around the great memorial that is the cross of Christ. There he shed his blood and he died for us. There he shed his most precious blood that you and I could be set free from the taskmaster. That you and I could be delivered from the devil's grip. That you and I could be released from the vices of this world. No longer does it have a hold on us. Oh friend, I hear the world say when you're a Christian, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't go there and you won't be able to do another thing. And Listen, I can tell you brother, I can tell you sister, I'm more free now than what I was when I was in bondage to the devil in the world. Free. Free indeed. For he whom the Son sets free shall be free indeed. Oh, they think we're free and they're so free and we're so bound. But rather, they're the ones that's still in slavery, still in captivity. And you and I who have made our way to the cross and have been washed by faith in the blood of Christ, we have the liberty of the Holy Ghost. And we are free indeed from all of the taskmaster's vices. Notice this. We're told here this word memorial. Let me give you an example. Exodus 28 and 12. Aaron was the high priest. And he was to have, we're told, two stones upon his shoulders. For a stone of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his two shoulders for a memorial. It's the exact same word. The Lord says when Aaron the high priest comes in and he puts the blood and sprinkles it on the furniture and on the Ark of the Covenant, when I meet him there, he says, when I come and he comes to meet me there right at that Ark, he says, there's the blood and there's the lid or the mercy seat and my glory will come down. He says, upon his shoulders have these stones with the names of the tribes of Israel written on them. Let him carry you into my presence, in other words. And oh, friend, our Lord Jesus Christ, our great high priest, he has a higher order than that of Aaron. After the order of Melchizedek, he is. Our high priest, 
The great high priest who stands in the glory. Who stands before the Father. And there he carries and bears our names on his shoulders. But rather, there for me the Savior stands. And he shows his wounds and spreads his hands. There he says, I have engraven thee on the palms of my hands. Oh, what a Christ he is. In Luke 15, we have the parable of the the little lost sheep. 99 are in the fold and one goes missing and the shepherd goes looking looking him. And in verse 5 we're told, And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And we're told he goes to his friends and his neighbors and he says, Come and rejoice with me, for the sheep that I lost is now found. Oh, every time a sinner comes, every time a sinner comes, uh, saving faith in Christ, he carries them, as it were, home to the fold, rejoicing into the presence of his Father. Oh, what a wonderful God we serve. In John 10 and 3, it says, He calleth his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. God came to Israel in Egypt and he called this sheep by name. He says, I'm going to call you out and I'm going to bring you out through the blood of a lamb. This would be a day they would never forget. This would be a day that would change them forever. They could never and they would never be the same. Exodus chapter 12 And verse 2 it says, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Notice, this time you're coming out, it's going to be the new year. It's going to be a new year for you, Israel. It's going to be a new beginning for you. Now the new month here mentioned is the month of Aviv. Or Aviv. Which was actually an old Canaanite rendering But it was taken in by the early Israelites and it simply means newly ripened corn. It was the time of gathering in a corn. Newly ripened corn. And then it became known, we looked earlier this morning at how Daniel was in Babylon. And when the Jews went into Babylon, we were told how Nehemiah was released To go and build the walls of Jerusalem. And in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 1. This same month. Which has been a memorial. This same month which has been mentioned of Aviv. This same month is called Nisan. By the Babylonians. And it's in this month in Nehemiah chapter 2. Where he stands before Oxyxerxes. Or Ahasuerus pardon me. And as he's there as his cupbearer. His face is. Showing his sorrow. Daniel this morning was mourning. Here's another one. In sorrow over what was happening to the house of God. And here he stands before him. And in the exact same month he was released. He was liberated to go to work in the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. And it means something similar. Abib means newly ripened corn. Nisan simply means fresh corn. And he was released like fresh corn to go serve his Lord by the king of Babylon. Here's the thing this, this evening. Abib, or Nisan, is at the same time here as we read, this shall be the new month of this year. 
It's the exact same time of Passover. It is the end of March into the month of April in our calendar. You and I are sitting. You and I are here at this present moment in the exact same period of the month. Passover, or Christians call it Easter. I like Passover, but nevertheless. Here when the Lord Jesus died on the cross, the Passover lamb. When they were taking the little lambs to Jerusalem to slay them, thousands upon thousands of people went with their lambs to slay the lambs, to have the priests slay them as an offering unto God, still as a memorial, yet that memorial no longer would be unfunctionable for the, to, to cover sin. For God sent his own begotten son the lamb of God and there he was crucified what a memorial you and I have he is our Passover was sacrificed for us you see we're not interested so much in a time of year but in what it stands for Stands for salvation, redemption, deliverance, forgiveness. It stands for the time when the sinner comes to the cross and claims the Lamb of God as their own Lamb, as an offering for their sin. It stands for the time when they're claiming the blood that He shed to be covered over them. To wash away their sin. It stands that whenever we come, we have new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're told as Israel come out, they're gathered unto God like newly ripened corn, gathered through the blood of the Lamb unto God. Oh, Christian, you and I in Christ are like his harvest of newly. A ripened corn. We're like the fresh corn he's gathering in. Gathering into his garner. Into his kingdom. That you and I may be with him. Forever. And ever. And ever. God is not looking for who you are. He's not interested in what you can do. He's looking for the blood. So, God harvested a people for himself and unto himself. And they receive newness of life. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man, if any woman, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. The old life, the old sins, the old things that held us, the old taskmaster, the old Egypt, the old Pharaoh, the old demonic devils of, of Pharaoh and his cohorts and his armies. He says, they're all passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That is, if any man be in Christ, and if they're not in Christ, then they're not made new. Paul is saying to us that not only does the entire 
word of his experience changed. That is for those who are in Christ. But a new order of things come to pass in their life. Those things that the world say we can't do this, that or the other. Brothers and sisters, those who have come and tasted and seen that the Lord is good find. We don't want to live like the world. Oh, we, we, we want to just live. All we want to do is to live before God. And to love Christ more and more with every passing moment. As Israel were coming into a new order, a new life, or a freshness. The word here for is a new creature. And become new is the word kahinos. It means, gives the idea of freshness. You could come to Christ tonight and give your life to Christ tonight. And maybe you come in with a, a sore back. You could still walk out with a sore back, but you're saved. Or maybe he'll just heal you anyway. But he gives you a freshness of life. A freshness for life. A zeal for him and for living. And changes the man or the woman from the inside to the out. While the world outside is changing us from the outside to within. You see that's the picture the church is meant to be. In Ulster, in Ireland, in in, in the UK. In the world. We're meant to be in changing from here inside to go out. But now we find it as the outside coming to change us within. You see, they were coming to a newness of life and it means a new sense of that which was they were accustomed to. You change. Personally, myself, if a man or a woman, I see... Personally, myself, I can't speak for everyone, but I'm speaking for myself. A man or a woman who claim to come to Christ and there's no change of life, there's no Christ. If a man or a woman claim Christ as their Savior and there's no change of life, they don't know him. Some new things to look at briefly. In Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 33, the Lord promised a new covenant. It's mentioned in the New Testament in Hebrews 8 and verse 8. Behold, he says, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. Not like the last covenant I made with their fathers. I'm paraphrasing. He says, I'll make a new covenant and I will live in them. I'll be in them. I'll walk in them. I I will be their God and they'll be my people, he says. And then it is, it is rehearsed in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 8. And this new covenant comes when in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 25, Paul looking back to the cross, to Christ in the upper room, he says, in the same night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And likewise, after the same manner, he also took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. This is the new covenant that he said that he would establish. So there's a new covenant. He says in Ephesians 4, verse 24, 
You'll be a new man. He says, and that you put on the new man after which God is created in righteousness and true holiness. He says, if you're changed, you put on a new man, a new woman. People say, oh, I, I could never keep it. You're right. He keeps you. He equips you. He enables you. He gives you the change of desires. And listen, friend, if you knew my past life. I was the man up in Belfast who people looked at and thought he would never be saved. He would never be a Christian. I even thought I could never be saved. But he makes a new creature out of a man. He makes a new creature out of a woman. And the new man, the new woman with new desires... I can't keep it, and I don't keep it. He keeps me. We are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Many times I fall. And every time, every day I fail. But grace lifts me up and enables me to go on in him. Paul says that you put on the new man after which God is created in righteousness and true holiness. He's making us to be more like his son. The perfect man. The spotless lamb. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 13 tells us of something future. That we look forward to as believers, he says, that we are looking for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Notice there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. How does it happen? I don't know. I just believe it. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 17, the Lord speaks of those in the church of Pergamos. And he says he'd give those who are overcomers a white stone and a stone a new name. Written which no man knoweth, saving he that received it. He's maybe a new name for you. I hope he changes mine from Kenneth because I don't like it. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 12. To the church of Philadelphia, he says, To him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, and I will write upon him my new name. It's going to be names we've never even heard of before. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 3. He took me. Out of the mire, and he sat in me in the choir. He says, I sung a new song, a new song. The redeemed sing a new song, and maybe your song is old, maybe your song is tired, maybe you've lost your song, maybe it's weary or worn out, maybe it's fretful, maybe it's a song of woe and a life of hardship and hurt. This song is a fresh song. It's a new song. In Psalm 40, it starts when you come to Christ and realize that you cannot save yourself. 
put your full trust in what he has accomplished for you. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit from the merry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and he hath established my goings. Listen, for he hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praises unto our God. Many shall see it and shall fear and shall trust in the Lord. He gives us a testimony for his glory. They see it and they say, well, if that man, Ken Davidson, can be saved, and if he can go on with God, and if he says he can't keep it, but God is keeping him, he must be some God. And I can tell you, friends, he is. He's put a new song in my mouth. The songs I sang were the songs of the drunkard. The songs of the drug addict. The songs of violence. The song I sung was the song of the world. The songs of bitterness and the songs of hatred. But oh, he saved me. And he put a new song in my mouth. It's the song of the redeemed of the Lord. (laughs) Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Oh, I can sing unto him who hath loved us. Has loved me. And washed us from our sins. Listen, in his own blood. I'm closing with this. In Revelation 21, at the end of our Bibles, one chapter before the end, he says, it says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. You see, if you have not stepped into the newness of the born again, born from above, if you have not stepped into the newness of life that is found in Christ, if you're not the newly ripened corn under the blood of Passover, under the blood of Christ, our Passover, which is sacrificed for us, then you will not receive a new song. You will not receive... The new covenant. You'll not be a new man or a new woman. You will not see the new heavens and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. No more troubles. I was telling you this morning about what's going on in the Middle East for a few moments. And yet when I get home I start just doing a bit of reading. And I find that there's more warships on their way to North Korea. A whole fleet of American ships going ready to send rockets in there. Oh, Christ is coming and there's going to be a great upheaval and a mighty war. But he's coming to break the clouds. And you and I who are redeemed, we will see the new heavens and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. For he will come as King of kings and Lord of lords and he will rule and drain the nations of the world. You'll not receive your new name. You aren't singing a new song. You're not singing there. From the mire of Psalm 40, a horrible pit in Mary Clay, to the choir, the choir of Revelation 14. You'll not be in the new Jerusalem. This quote, and I finish. 
M.A. Bauchin wrote this in a hymn. New every morning, it's new. The love of God to me is wonderfully new. New every morning, it's new. The mercy of the Lord is wonderfully new. Great is his faithfulness. Constant is his love. Great is his saving power coming from above. So this day shall be unto you for a memorial. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Is there someone and you're not saved? God wants to bring you in as newly ripened corn. Not just because this is what we remember as Passover season at this time of year. But he wants to bring you in to his eternal kingdom. He wants you to be forgiven of your sin. He wants to bring you in to his fold. But you must come through the blood of the Lamb. There's no blood. There's no escaping the passing through the judgment. Oh, friend, come. Come. God bless his word to us. I trust that the Lord will continue to speak and our voices are silent. Let's just pray a moment.